On the programme this week, those wanting it to rain... The wind has been the constant, and that's dehydrated and dried out the tops of these fields. And the wheat really started to show the effects of the drought this week. And those hoping it'll stay dry, well, for a few more hours at least. Getting better weather would actually definitely enhance... Um, the attractiveness, the number of people that actually come and therefore the financial viability of of events like ours. Plus, with Brexit concerns over migrant workers, we meet the farmer who's come up with a new idea that might go some way to solving the problem of attracting seasonal workers. Historically, people move around where the work is um, and this is you know, quite a good way of accommodating seasonal workers. The Week in Agriculture. This is the Farming Programme with Sean Dunderdale. Hello. Now, we have had some rain over the last couple of days, but there are concerns that the dry weather so far this year is having quite an effect on crops. From October last year to March this year, it was recorded as the driest in the UK for more than 20 years. And while rain over the next few weeks will obviously help get some things back to where they should be, it could be too late for spring barley, and yields for winter wheat and barley are also obviously a concern. We'll hear from uh, Open Field a little bit later on. What's the advice, though, out in the field? Our agronomist Sean Sparling is the man in the know. Yes, morning, Sean. Well, it's seven o'clock. It's uh, Friday morning. I'm sitting on the top of the wolds at Ramby, and it is just starting to drizzle. And now we might get some torrential drizzle. I've got a feeling we're not going to get an awful lot. I hope I'm wrong, and I hope that by Sunday when this is broadcast that uh, we're all a bit fed up of the rain. But uh, I'm not going to hold my breath. But then we get what we get, and there's nothing we can do about it. So it was very noticeable this week that the stress was really starting to kick in. We've had some warm days. We've had some high winds. um, We've had some cold days in the last fortnight. But the wind has been the constant and that's dehydrated and dried out the tops of these fields and the wheat really started to show the effects of the drought this week particularly on the the stonier land the lighter land they went very starey and upright and some varieties look an awful lot worse than others one that stands out is reflection it has an issue with yellow rust as we found out last year but all that glisters is not necessarily gold and when you look at the fields and you can pick out the reflection on driving around the county, you can tell which one's a reflection. But it's not always as bad as it appears because the new growth leaves three, two and one are absolutely spotless, clean, free of disease, beautiful. But what you're looking at is leaf four and five still standing upright and they're orangey, yellow. They've got old dead yellow rust in them, old dead septoria. The crop is actually pulling nutrient from them, so they're dying on their feet. But they're masking the fact that the new growth is good and green. And until we get a drop of water that enables the crop to use the nitrogen we've given it over the last few weeks, that green growth is continuing to be masked by those old leaves. Soon as it starts to get hold of some, it'll grow away from that. The old leaves will pull away and drop downwards and you'll start to see them turn into a greeny colour again, hopefully. Now, what I would say is just make sure that once you get to three weeks, you are alert to the fact that the yellow rust may well come back into the reflection. Um, and if you have to go between now and flag leaf which is going to happen quite quickly, I suggest, because Philocron takes over, of course. It's day degrees which lead to leaf emergence. Nothing to do with the calendar. But if you have to go and you are a fortnight away from flag timing yet, then use something like a strob uh, with a bit of chlorthalonil in to dry out the rust and buy you a couple of weeks' time. 
the worst thing you could do would be to put a half rate or a sniff of a triazole on to septoria at this time of year which is already in those crops because that will just make the resistance problem worse and that makes it worse for everybody not just you on your farm so speak to your agronomist if you need to put one on do but personally i think i'm happier pulling my flag leaf spray forward five days than leaving it late five days so growth stage now i put my first flag leaf ticket out there on wednesday to some early drilled reflection that was drilled on the 10th of september and it's got the flag out and it stands well clear of my knees so we're on with that job at the moment growth stage anywhere from 35 to 39 and early booting in some of these weeds winter barley awns are coming out quite widely across the county just be a little bit careful if you're putting fungicide herbicide cocktails on you don't want to scorch those awns so stay out of the heat of the day if it's getting above 23 degrees because the awns are going to do an awful lot of photosynthesizing in the coming weeks so we need to protect them um, you're way too late for growth eggs now on winter barley um, and generally speaking they look pretty good because it's not been the right weather for rinko there is a bit of net blotch in there but if you've chosen the right fungicide path you should be okay with that and just going back to wheat very briefly if you sprayed your t1 on a day where it was perhaps too windy you may just have struggled to hit the disease right down in the bottom of the crop so that if you've got reflection you may have an inoculum of yellow rust knocking about in there which continues to move into the plant which continues to show the symptoms because yellow rust always expresses in the leaf whether you see it or you kill it before you see it it will always kill the bit of the leaf it was in so that could explain it and there is quite a lot of that about but fingers crossed get a nice bit of rain it'll suck the nitrogen up and that problem will disappear sugar beet weed control still a challenge the beet seems to have stalled at two leaves at the moment but hopefully a bit of rain will start to move it on but the herbicides have worked very well residuals are mopping up the weeds the brassicas seem to be a big thing this year shepherd's purse and volunteer all seed rape charlock everywhere but herbicides are working well just make sure you're not exceeding total doses and that you're, and that you're not going too close together with applications because there are restrictions but speak to your agronomist and they'll keep you in check on that spring barley moving quite well varies from growth stage three leaves right up to growth stage 31 um, and t1s are now going on same principle applies watch the heat of the day if it's getting up above 23 degrees you don't want to scorch these crops but hopefully as soon as they get a drop of water they pick up the nitrogen they will run as well spring wheat similarly although not moving quite as fast as spring barley peas and beans pea and bean weevils still out there on backward crops make sure you're in front of them and they're not in front of you once you get to four leaves of the crop they should grow out of it um, linseed pea uh, flea beetle having a bit of a chew at linseed still but generally speaking it's the crop of the season for growing in the dry conditions it's romping away uh, out there winter beans first pods are starting to be set so brookid beetle has obviously got to be in your mind just go on the website google uh, brookid watch the syngenta team have put a cracking uh, app on there which just allows you to track the progress of brookid beetle i have sticky traps all around the county and i've yet to catch one so all things considered potatoes starting to prick through actually just remember you want to be seven days pre-em with your potato herbicides and if you're using shark you don't want any more than five percent of the potatoes to be through at the very most otherwise you'll clip them off um, they should grow back but be very careful with that one and just remember you're better to be three days early than be three days late sean sparling sparling agronomy services speaking there on friday Last month, we spoke to flagra Matthew Naylor during a visit by the NFU Deputy President, Manette Batters. They were looking at Brexit and how our withdrawal from the EU in a couple of years' time might affect businesses such as his. 
Well, the issue of migrant workers was one concern. Now he's been in touch to tell us he's setting up accommodation for seasonal workers on his own land at Naylor's Flowers to try to stop workers being exploited. He submitted plans for cabins for up to 120 people who work with him for nine months of the year. As he said last month, he, along with many in the industry, have those concerns about the availability of migrant workers post-Brexit. So he thinks this kind of housing could also suit UK-based students who they might have to start relying on in the future. That's right. There's a lot of uncertainty around the way that agriculture will be staffed in the UK in the future. So to get ahead of that, we put in a planning application um, so that, to give us more options uh, in the future. The um, season in the UK only really allows us to produce cut flowers and salads and um, vegetables at certain times. And so the work does ebb and flow uh, in this country. It's very common. Um, we've looked at farms who do a similar system in Cornwall and who do the same in Herefordshire. And historically, people move around where the work is. Um, and this is you know, quite a good way of accommodating seasonal workers. And it's one of a number of things that we're looking at, as well as mechanisation and robotics. We grow cut flowers and they are harvested by hand at the moment while we wait for you know, robotic technology to improve. So, yeah, I think it's a job that will be done by hand in the future and, you know, that that does create jobs for people. We always like to think of people who work with us as part of the family. We're a family business and part of the community. So, yeah, having people, I think anybody who works in farming, it's useful if you live close to where the work is. I I don't really know how how other people are handling it. Obviously, um, the decision to leave the European um, Union's going to have some big dramatic sort of changes for us but yeah we don't know what they are yet um, until all the negotiations are concluded so as a businessman I'm looking at lots of different options and seeing which will be the most suitable. It's too early at this stage to know um, what opportunities there will be for people to move around um, the European Union or whether we will have a seasonal worker scheme. It might be that in the future we're using summer students um, from universities. We're keeping a very open mind about what it might be, but the first thing is to see if the council like the idea of what we're doing. If they don't, we'll have to look again. With us, most of the flowers that we consume in the UK, sort of nearly 90% of them, are imported from sunnier countries. And so it looks as though with the um, devaluation of the pound it might create opportunities for more British uh, flower growers to sell to British consumers. So we're, we're looking at that and we're preparing for potentially um, more business. But I've been abroad, we buy in um, a lot of bulbs and seeds from countries abroad. So this year I've been out to Israel to meet our sunflower seed supplier. And last week, funnily enough, I was in Beirut looking at the way that people market Um, food and products there as well. So I'm trying to get a bit broader understanding of what's going on elsewhere in the world because we're going to need to think of ourselves as part of the world trading community now. Matthew Naylor there from Naylor's Flowers on those plans for new accommodation for seasonal workers. Are you uh, considering something similar with our exit from the EU just a couple of years away? Maybe you're planning something different to try to solve the seasonal labour migrant worker issue. Get in touch. Please do let us know. We always welcome your uh, comments.
I'm Sean Dunderdale. We're talking about agricultural shows in a moment. I can't believe it's that time of year already. First, though, our weekly catch-up with Open Field, and it's Chris Spratt this week. Morning, Sean. What's been the big news this week, then, Chris? Yeah, well, I think the uh, the major thing this week was uh, Wednesday's uh, USDA report, where the, we saw the first stab at their figures for the 17-18 crop estimates. Uh, they did actually forecast a, a, a reversal in world stock build-up, which we've seen over the last five years. Don't forget, stocks have increased something like 50% over that period, so no one's really pressing the panic button. Interesting point is that there was a 15 million tonne reduction forecast in the major exporting countries. Uh, I think that's just in, indicating really overall there might be a little less wriggle room going forward um, if one or two did have an issue. But uh, overall, I would say the uh, report was probably not as bullish as the funds would have liked it to be. But of course, these are the first stabs for the 1718. A long way to go yet. They're really working on trend yields and on a spreadsheet, so there is a long way to go. Recent reports of snow in the US have uh, been largely been discounted by the market across there. Market values eased back over the week, but any damage done will really take a few weeks to assess, and that, that, that's if any, really. Um, but one report I did read said that um, one crop scout over there assessing crops in Kansas had actually driven 90 miles without assessing anything as he was una- unable to evaluate the crop because of snow cover. So, uh, you know, it's just one of those... Uh, stories that we might see a bit more of going forward. Nearer to home, uh, more of a concern, I would say, is the fact that it's still dry in France and and in the UK. Um, Rain levels up until the middle of last week showed that in our area we'd had about 92 to 93%, I think, of the 12-month long-term average. But in April, we actually only saw 35%, and I think that's the concern because of the uh, big uh, volume of spring-planted crops that we've seen in our area. And, and, you know, we need more than the odd shower to push things along now. Interestingly, in the southwest, they've had 44%, uh, and uh, in the southeast, they've had 19%, so really struggling down there. Feed barley, well, the USDA report did highlight one thing, a forecast of 29% fall in inventories, down to 17.5 million tonnes. That's the lowest figure since the 1983-84 season. They also forecast production uh, drops in for the coming season in Australia, Canada and the Ukraine. Of course, the UK, like we say, we have seen more spring barley planted due to blackgrass issues. And I think the main reason for the fall internationally is the fact that other commodities are out there giving a better re- overall return. And of course, we do see that competition for acres drilled, and that's a big influence on our market prices. Allseed rate, well, still falling away on old crop as stocks get tidied up out of storm, and a late rally now looks increasingly unlikely for those growers who've, who've kept a little bit back. For those growers who haven't yet decided what to do with their oilseed rape at harvest yet, ring your open field farm trader. We've got stores in uh, several areas throughout uh, the UK. In summary, well, the market remains a mixed bag. It's limiting any significant volume of, of grain uh, being coming to the market with the uncertainty over the northern hemisphere weather uh, and keeping sellers to a minimum. Consumers, well, they're just happy to sit looking at, uh, at, at still big world stocks. Feed wheat prices for June, 144 to 147, with harvest feed wheat, 134 to 137. November, 136 to 140, and November 18, 132 to 135. Group 1 um, market on the old crop, well, if you can wait until July and you've still got some at the back of the shed, premiums probably improved a pound or two over the last week at £155 X farm for July. Feed barley, 118 to 120 for June. Harvest feed barley, 106 to 109, with November 114 to 116. 
Oilseed rape uh, traded throughout the course of the week for June at 320 to 325, with harvest at 293 to 295, and November 303 to 306 pounds ex farm. And finally, beans, 162 to 168 old crop feed, and uh, November feed beans, £151. Thank you. Chris Spratt, Open Field. Show season is upon us. The first event's happening today. The uh, Nottinghamshire County Show is the first county show of the year, deliberately so. It started yesterday, and the gates open on day two at the showground at Newark in just over an hour's time. Of course, many similar county shows have sadly gone from the calendar. Falling numbers through the gate, increased costs. They've made things much worse, and uh, many thinking it's just not worth it anymore. Adrian Johnson is the CEO at the Agricultural Society there. He's told us of the immense work that does go into organising such an event. Effectively, as um, I saw in print once, it was a very good um, uh, comparison. We're erecting a little town in terms of electricity, water, tentage, marquees, stables. As you can see, there's watering going on in the ring behind us so that the going's good for uh, show jumping friends. Um, And uh, all of this has to come together simultaneously, uh, rather like a military operation but uh, it's good fun and we're looking forward to a good show again absolutely it's 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 one of the earliest in in the year as well is it is this a good time of year do you think to do it um somebody's always got to be first of course um we we have actually uh, noticed a definite change in the weather um and um you know getting better weather would actually definitely enhance um, the attractiveness, the number of people that actually come and therefore the financial viability of, of events like ours and as you know quite a few have gone to the wall in, in regrettably in recent years um, uh, some, so uh, the advantages of being first are that we get a good um, entry in terms of uh, um, horses both light and heavy, cattle, sheep, pigs, goats etc because it's the first outing of the year um, the disadvantage as you've already pointed out can be the weather, and Newark's sometimes known for it. Well, fingers crossed not this weekend. Uh, having us crossed the weekend, it'll be all right. You talked about um, entries there. You've got uh, some, some very good entries. Not so much cattle, but there is a reason for that with TB, isn't there, that the cattle numbers yes. are down. They're not stopping supporting the show, are no, they? No, no, absolutely. And people are, are still coming along in, in, in good, respectable numbers. Um, I mean, for example, we, we, we've actually got 320 cattle entries this year. Um, that is down from 400, and that, that, that in turn is down again. Uh, but it's it's the TB ruling because Nottinghamshire we are right on the the, the division between the uh, what's termed the the low risk uh, and the high risk, and that actually means um, that people have uh, if they come here uh, and they're actually from a low risk area and they overstay by 24 hours, they've got um, to put that animal into isolation for 60 days. Now clearly that's actually uh, that means if somebody could come here and they want to enter that exact animal into the Lincolnshire show say that they they wouldn't be able to um so that's a really unfortunate thing you know why quite the whole country can't just be put onto the same health status is beyond me um but uh anyhow coming on to to other entries for example uh light horses we're well up there we're we're, we're approaching a thousand there um heavy horses we've probably got one of the best entries we've we've ever had we've got 142 heavy horse entries this year and that's up by nearly 50 percent on last year so 
we must be doing something right. And 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 as you know, it's a really great spectacle there in the main ring. Um, sheep three hundred and sixty seven. You know, goats are are the same as last year. Pigs we're well up there again by about fifty percent. Uh, we've got a really good floral art entry in our newly refurbished um, Lady Eastwood Centre. Uh, the ladies were delighted to be in there last year, uh, and um, you know, really look forward to seeing that that this year with arts and crafts, etc. Delighted to see some agricultural machinery companies are coming as well uh, within our within our trade stand area. Uh, Farrier is as good as ever, so come along if you want to see those. You know those guys smashing the the heck out of iron muscles, rippling ladies. So, um, classic cars, military—they're both at, at good, respectable levels as well. And as, as you mentioned earlier, a number of other shows, similar shows, sadly are no longer here. It's important to have shows such as this with the agricultural heritage, and that is definitely at the heart of, of, of the Nottinghamshire show, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And and um, one of the things that we're looking to do very shortly is recruit um, uh, an education officer to actually coordinate all of the educational activities that we're, we are actually already doing a lot of uh, and, and actually take that out more to people in schools as well as here at the show itself. Um, but um, British British um, agriculture is amongst some of the best in the in the, in the whole world and um, you know we really want to actually get that message across to people even though the numbers in the industry because of the efficiency of the and the technology of everything that is now used within the industry are far less uh, I think it's still really important that you know where your food is is, is coming from um, how and who produces it and it's almost becoming more important isn't it whether it's discussion of Brexit or or whether it's the fact that we need to grow more food because the population is getting ever bigger farming agriculture these kind of uh, the shows themselves are almost more important but they're being scaled back more and more because there doesn't seem to be the support at national level well regrettably one can't help but um, feel and I've been in the industry for 21 years now that there are many regulatory forces um, and uh, one one has one one incident and immediately the whole of the country is affected as a result of that one incident Um, you know that 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 is unfortunately a negative pressure Um, the costs of regulation the cost of insurance the cost of insuring things that you actually hire and regrettably, um, a propensity for people to blame other others for their own actions um, if they walk down a down a down a, 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 a rocky road and trip. Then it used to be that you just go, "Well, I'm, I'm a silly person." But regrettably, nowadays, um, you might wish to take alternative action. Adrian Johnston of the Newark and Nottinghamshire Agricultural Society ahead of the second day of the Nottinghamshire Show. As Adrian mentioned, it is a good opportunity to show off your livestock. It's uh, more than showing off, though. Martin Clough chatted with Ellie Codling last year, explaining why he takes his Lincoln Red heifers to agricultural shows. We bring them to the shows in the county uh, to promote our name. We, we try and win rosettes that help us sell cattle at the, the sales later in the year and the beginning of next year. It's so important that... We're here showing our face and, and winning rosettes as well, if we if possible. But the standard of cattle is so good here as well, so it's hard to get there. So the more shows you go to, the more other breeders will see your cattle and how well you're doing. Is it, so it's important, is it, for you to keep going? Yeah, we've, we've, we've always got to be here showing our face, keeping up that consistency of doing well in these show rings, yeah. And how is the Lincoln Red Breed doing on a national scale? The Lincoln Red Breed is going from strength to strength, really. Um, on a showing level, we've got a lot more 
shows having Lincoln Red classes at them. Um, starting earlier in the year, we've even had some champions at Suffolk. We've got classes there now. There are classes at Norfolk, Yorkshire, Aylsham, Driffield. Shows all over having Lincoln Red classes at them. How long do you spend training these beautiful animals to behave themselves when you walk them in the ring? We've probably been training these for six, eight weeks now, uh, at least once a week. Uh, and some weeks it's been two times, two or three times a week, yeah. And uh, is it fair to say the Lincoln Reds are a slightly more docile cow to others? Definitely a more docile cow and, and easy to handle. They have their, their little quirks and they're often very stubborn, but yeah, they're very quiet animals. Martin Clough with Ellie Codling. Well, for show organisers, I'm sure they uh, don't want rain, but uh, as we heard earlier, for farming in general, rain would be a good thing. So who's going to win out this week? The Farming Programme, five-day forecast. Well, today, some sunny spells, but some showers as well. Highs of a warm 16 Celsius, the wind from the west-southwest 15 to 20 miles an hour. Cloudy overnight tonight. Some rain could be heavy for a time first thing tomorrow morning. Lows of 9, that wind from the south-southwest between 10 and 20, maybe gusting at 25 miles an hour first thing tomorrow where that rain is falling. Further rain on and off through the day tomorrow. Highs of 16, the wind from the south-southwest gusting at 30 miles an hour for a time. Overnight Monday into Tuesday, staying mild and cloudy, should be a bit drier, lows of 14 Celsius, the wind from the south-southwest, 10, still gusting at 25 miles an hour in places though, and it looks like uh, further rain on Tuesday, another wet day, temperatures 17 Celsius, the wind from the southwest, 15, gusting at 30 miles an hour. Tuesday into Wednesday, drier, staying cloudy, little cooler, 12 Celsius the low overnight. The wind from the southwest at 10, gusting at 20 miles an hour. And then for the uh, middle of the week, should be dry, patchy clouds, 17 Celsius staying the high, with the wind from the west at a calmer sort of 10 miles an hour. As for the latter end of the week, well, uh, possibility of summer sunshine, maybe a shower or two. Uh, Temperatures, again, in the mid-teens, overnight lows, a little bit cooler, actually, of maybe 6 or 7 Celsius with clear skies come the end of the week. And that's the forecast. If you're going to the show later, have a good day, an hour now until those gates open, and just under a week until our gates open again here on the programme. We're back same time next Sunday. Until then, have a good week's farming.